Beginning of the Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you want to know where the good news begins, it's not with Jesus' resurrection. It's not with his crucifixion. It's not even with his birth. If you want to know where the good news begins, at least according to Mark, it is with the preparation. It is with those who are preparing for the Messiah. Mark shares with us the good news that God shared with Isaiah and with Malachi. God said, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The good news begins with preparation. The good news begins with getting ready. The good news is that there is something, someone to prepare for. Part of the goodness of an event is what comes before the event. Sally and I are planners, maybe to a fault. We like to plan. We don't ever just say, let's go somewhere tomorrow. We make our reservations months in advance. We make our reservations months in advance so that we can enjoy that overnight for at least a few months. We make our reservations. We look at the places we might go online. We explore what that place is like. We especially explore the restaurants where we will go. We always know where we'll eat at least that first meal before we arrive. Of course, doing so is a risk. There are times when the expectation of what it'll be like actually exceed what it's like because you spent so much time preparing for what you think it will be like. Even when that's the case, though, we don't mind because as much as we like to go somewhere, we are just as happy to get back here. We like to go and we like to return. And we usually, as a family, like for our whole family to be together. Usually. A few times a year I have to spend some days away doing conference work. And while I'm gone, I'm missed. I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you that the people at my house miss me when I'm gone. (laughs) 
They've never given me a world's best dad trophy. But they don't have to. I know I'm missed, and I miss them. So there's nothing like pulling onto our street and seeing our children sitting on the front porch and then pulling into our driveway and having them run to the car to greet me. I've missed them. They've missed me. I've been told, again, I'm not bragging, but I've been told that there are tears shed sometimes when I'm away by a certain special young lady who wants her daddy home. She cries, confident that I will return soon. She cries, and then she prepares And then she waits. That's Advent. These are the days when we cry because we long for the Lord's return. We long for Him to come back. And then we prepare for His return. And then we wait for His return. We cry for Emmanuel, God with us, to come because we know this world is not what God intends for it to be. I don't have to say anything more to the names of some cities. Mosul, Ferguson, Kiev, Jerusalem, Monrovia, for you to know that we need to cry out for God. And God's peace. I don't have to say anything more than conditions. Cancer. Unemployment. Broken relationships. Mental illness. Hunger. Homelessness. Grief. For you to know that the world cries out for God and needs His mercy. If I personalized any one of them, if I took them from a generic category and talked about someone who is experiencing those, someone who you know, someone who you care about, then only the hardest among us would not too cry out to God. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God, we need You We need to see your face. We need to hear your words. We need to be embraced in your arms. We need to know that things are going to be all right because right now they are not all right. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. We are in exile. We're away from God. Some of that is our own doing, and we need to repent of that. Some of that is our collective doing, and we need to repent of that. Some of that is because this is a broken world, and some of that is because there is evil loose in this world, and we need to push against those. But we know We know that all of our repenting and all of our pushing 
will not fully disperse the gloomy clouds of night or put death's dark shadows to flight. We know the only way to fully rejoice is for Emmanuel to come fully. So we cry and we prepare and we wait. But we wait with eagerness. My wife Sally is a wonderful hostess. She loves to host people in our home. She prepares well in advance. She will imagine what the group will be like and what the table should be like. And she'll think about the menu and how the setting should be for the right mood. And she'll go ahead and pre-plan the music. Everything will be pre-planned. It's, it's one of those things where things start to disappear from our house weeks in advance. Preparation gets going. And then right before people are scheduled to arrive, there's a burst of energy. Things, the rest of the things need to disappear are gone. I don't know where to find anything. The music's put on, the appetizers are put out, and we, we wait. It's an exciting moment before the guests arrive. It's also a little bit frightening. The children and I usually hide. There's a buzz in the air. Sally wants things to be as right as they can be for when our guests are coming over. Advent is that time for Christians. A time when we are trying to make things as right as they can be in advance for our guest, our host, our Lord, to come over. Crying out for His return, we prepare... And then we wait. You probably know that when Isaiah and John tell us to prepare the way of the Lord, there's, there's something of irony going on in that. That's what kings would do for themselves. Kings would, would make a superhighway going into their city as a show of power, as a show of force. They would want people to know that they could get in and their soldiers out of their city as quickly as they Wanted. They were in charge. Look how powerful they were. Isaiah and John are claiming for Jesus' kingship. But as the Gospels unveil, this king doesn't need a superhighway. And this king isn't looking for a show of power. He's among the people who are in the alleys He's going to the back roads. He's with people who need mercy. He's with people who need gentleness. This king's show of power will be on a cross. While we're preparing the way of the Lord this Advent, we're called to humility. To mercy, to gentleness. Our cries for a world that is not what God intended it to be must be met by our actions that reveal what God intends for this world to be. 
That's how we wait. That's how we prepare the way of the Lord. O come, thou root of Jesse's tree, and ensign of thy people's be before thee, rulers, silent fall, all peoples, on thy mercy call. We are waiting for that day when all peoples will call on Jesus for his mercy. We are waiting when the day will come when all rulers will fall silently before him. We're waiting for that day when he will be the banner that leads to justice and leads to peace. We're waiting because it won't fully happen until he comes back to make it fully happen. The best we can do is move in that direction by moving in his direction. By taking up the crosses he laid down for us, we'll get a little closer to what he intends it to be. And if we believe that he's coming, if we believe that he's coming, we'll prepare. We'll make the paths straight. We'll set the dining room table. We'll dust. We'll get everything ready. We'll open the doors. We'll sing music that's right for the occasion. We will sing our prayer. Oh, come. Oh, come. Emmanuel. And we will look in every direction for his arrival so that with tears in our eyes we can run and greet him. We're so glad you're home. O come, desire of nations bind. All peoples in one heart and mind. From dust thou brought us forth to life. Deliver us from earthly strife. Rejoice. Rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee. Amen.